Chapter 2. The Smart Technology Era is Here Before highlighting how AI is transforming the world, let us dig into the smart technology era that we have entered. One of the amazing things about this time, which already has a significant impact on our lives, is that it has only just begun. Each adult, and even each teenager, has grown up in a relatively different time to the era that has just begun. Of course, teenagers will experience less of an adjustment because they were not born in a time where dial-up internet or even no internet was a part of their realities. They have not experienced the changes that personal technology and digitization brought. They were simply born into a time where they already existed. They were born into a digital world where digital interactions and transactions are relatively commonplace in most parts of the developed world. This aptitude for digital life might make the changes that are coming simpler to adopt and consume. But this does not mean that these changes will be small, and it does not mean that they will be slow. In fact, they are coming fast, faster than we ever seen before. These small technologies like nanotechnology, robots, IoT, drones, and intelligent cognitive machines, all used in conjunction and powered by the speed and processing abilities of advanced technology, cloud technology, and huge amounts of online data available, are all coming together to give us the tools dreamt possible in science fiction. These tools, as will be described in detail throughout this book, are the enablers to transform the world. Of course, we cannot predict the future, but we can steer it intentionally in a direction that can help, protect, and enhance all life. To do this, however, we need an accurate understanding of where we are. We need to be informed, empowered to learn from history, and equipped with how fast and with how much range these changes are coming. In the broader context, the human revolution started with the cognitive revolution about 50 to 80,000 years ago with communication skills. This was followed by the agricultural revolution 12,000 years ago, when foragers turned into farmers, humans gained mastery over animals and the rise of cities. With the industrial revolution, coupled with the enlightenment and scientific method, Homo sapiens started to gain mastery over the planet, which led to ending the perpetual tyranny of famine, starvation and extreme poverty. We are currently in an information revolution where smart technologies such as AI will likely ensure more profound impacts than any of the other major human revolutions. Let us begin by understanding history and using this as a way to help us place ourselves in the transformation that has begun, the smart technology transformation. Of course, this transformation has been given many names or is discussed in various contexts. Klaus Schwab of the WEF calls it IR4, or the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Steve Case calls it the Third Internet Wave. The economic singularities Callum Chase discusses this new transformation within the context of the information revolution, where the dramatic growth in the capability of AI leads first to an economic singularity and then possibly a technological singularity. Yuval Harari in Sapiens, Homo Deus, and 21 Lessons for the 21st Century discusses the twin revolutions in information technology and biotechnology within the context of the scientific revolution. Richard Baldwin calls it the globotics transformation. Eric Brynjolfsson and Andrew McAfee call it the second machine age, which started with the digital and information revolution. 
Each of the names given to the era that has just begun are all in relation to the transformations or revolutions that preceded them. And each transformation or revolution in history has affected not only work and production, but agriculture, politics, economics, social climates, and the very way people go about their lives. We know these best as the first, second, and third industrial revolutions, throughout which globalization and automation have been creeping their way into our existence. We may have started off local, rural, community-driven creatures, more focused on our immediate survival and trading only what was immediately available in our proximity. But with each transformation, we became more globalized, more connected, and tasks, processes, and services became increasingly more automated. Let us take a brief look at the history of the revolutions or transformations over the last few centuries that have led us to where we are today. The first transformation, the start of the Industrial Revolution, used technologies such as water and steam power to mechanize production. This began in the early 1700s, where societies effectively switched from agriculture to industrial and from rural to urban. From 1712 onwards, we saw for example the age of primitive steam engines, textile manufacturing machines and the canals whereas 1830 onwards, the age of mobile steam engines and the railways. These technologies, along with electricity soon thereafter, unleashed the disruptive due of automation and globalization, which led to an economic transformation and economic and social upheavals. However, technology impulses launched new forms of automation long before they launched new forms of globalization, a century later where we for example saw steamships and railroads dramatically reduce the cost of moving goods. The second transformation used electric power to create mass production. This began in the late 1800s, where we saw the age of steel and heavy engineering and the birth of the chemicals industry, and from 1910 onwards, the age of electricity, oil, mass production, cars, planes, and mass travel. During the Second Industrial Revolution, we witnessed how technology produced technology with a cluster bomb of innovations on the advanced economies, where each explosion produced a chain reaction of innovation, rising productivity and income growth. The third used electronics and information technology to automate production and connect the world. The digital revolution turned analog to digital and began around the 1950s and led to the services transformation which for all practical purposes started in the early 1970s. Whereas the past globalization and automation is mostly about making and shipping goods, globalization and automation in the services transformation is about processing and transmitting information that is linked to the laws of physics that apply to electrons and photons and not matter which is more restrained. We have effectively moved from things, which includes land to capital, to thoughts. Computers and other digital devices are doing for mental power, ability to use our brains to understand and shape our environments, what the steam engine and its descendants did for muscle power. Information and knowledge became increasingly important factors of production, alongside capital, labor and raw materials, and acquired economic value in its own right. Although the Industrial Revolution is still ongoing, 
there was a shift in focus from industry to services, which mostly disrupted the manufacturing sector. Services became the mainstay of the overall economy, pushing manufacturing into second place and agriculture into third. And the fourth transformation, the smart technology era, is building on the information and digital revolution to not only create smart automation, but new forms of globalization and robotics that taps into a wild combination of smart technologies where the distinction between the digital, physical and biological realms are not clear. We can probably date this back to the 2010s although the exact times will likely be dictated by history books of the future. Richard Baldwin has coined these new forms of globalization and robotics into a new world called Globotics, where telemigrants and white-collar robots coming for the same jobs at the same time are driven by the same digital technologies. This Globotics transformation applied to the services sector has an amazingly fast and unfair impact on societies, effectively disrupting the services sector in a significant way. The result is an upheaval, a so-called Globotics upheaval, and a backlash for which we need a resolution. It is interesting to note that some of today's thought leaders do not see these transformations or revolutions as broken up into four. Callum Chase, author of The Economic Singularity, believes that there have only been two real revolutions in modern times. The first one that began in the 1700s and evolved as the domino effects saw one revelation or invention leading to another and then another. The second revolution was an information revolution that began when information and knowledge became such important parts of production and services that it pushed manufacturing and agriculture into second and third places, respectively. That began with the age of computing, the digital revolution, if you would like to call it that. On the other hand, Eric Brynjolfsson and Andrew McAfee in The Second Machine Age believes that we can look at the transformations in modern history as divided between the first machine age, also beginning with the steam engine in the early 1700s, and the second machine age, where computers, digital devices and the flux of information changed the very nature of our existence yet again. Jeremy Rifkin, in The Third Industrial Revolution, divides the world's transformations into three. The first industrial revolution, powered by the steam engine, took us from rural into urban. The second industrial revolution changed the landscape of urban life with the telephone, fossil fuels and automobiles and the aspirational third industrial revolution which is unfolding with the convergence of ultra-fast 5G communication technologies, a renewable energy internet and driverless mobility internet, all connected by IoT. He is advocating for a 21st century smart digital infrastructure to give rise to a radical new sharing economy that is transforming how we manage, power and move economic life. There is much to learn from the patterns of previous transformations, call them industrial, economic or technological revolutions, from the developments that changed the course of the world and left those who feared, rejected or were geographically or economically sidelined in what Richard Baldwin calls upheaval. Whatever the defining nature of our revolutions, whether they have been seen to be primarily production-based, services-based, and now information-based, 
Upheaval is one thing that they have in common. Their domino effects are predictable because of how these changes in what may seem to affect only one industry in the beginning spread into every part of life. This common factor of economic, social and political upheaval is an important thing to note as it reminds us that what is happening now has happened before in some way. But our urgency to understand this now is greater than it ever was before because our technological advances and powers mean that the speed of these changes and their capacity to spread into every part of our existence means that there is no time not to be thinking about solutions, ways to manage these changes smoothly and the parts we will play in steering the information-powered smart technology era. The commonly termed industrial revolutions have been a whole lot more than industrial. Yes, they have transformed industries, but they have also transformed economies, politics, societies and individual lives. They have changed the world as we know it and presented an entirely different one. Sometimes the new world has taken centuries to shape, but as we become more developed, the time it takes for revolutions to affect mass change grows smaller. Understanding the past Generally, revolutions begin with a technology, discovery or invention offering a new solution that changes how an industry or industries work, sometimes with time, rendering entire industries obsolete. This has economic and social effects, making some skills, services or products irrelevant. Also, with the effects of the invention and its application, we are given new ways to live as well. Our daily lives are disrupted by the new overtaking or replacing the old. Some businesses and people thrive and others become overwhelmed, left behind, socially and economically sidelined and worse, irrelevant. Richard Baldwin puts it well when he explains the effects of revolutions. With all the above-mentioned social and economic upheaval experienced, people's lives are in flux. The upheaval then produces a backlash and the backlash produces a resolution. This is what we have seen in the past revolutions and what we can expect to see from this revolution. We must remember that the end result is resolution and it is up to us how quickly or slowly we find this resolution in the revolution that we are currently facing. To explain this a bit better, let us briefly look at each revolution in terms of what the world has called industrial revolutions, but as we know, saw simultaneous revolutions agriculturally, economically, politically, socially and even informationally. The early 1700s was a time where societies were broken up into small communities. Few traveled outside their villages and life was strictly localized, rural and agricultural. Many people grew or made what they needed and trading services, products or food were common. Life was simple. It was stagnant. Class or caste systems dictated the extent of wealth and rights and religion was deeply entrenched into people's lives and communities. Church and state were often one and the same. This life was far from perfect and many were desperate with hunger, suffering prejudices which were not yet seen as prejudices and lacking knowledge, education and knew little of what surrounded their immediate environments. A revolution was brewing which would use steam and water to power steam engines and textile manufacturing machines that suddenly allowed transport, travel, production and trade to happen more quickly, easily and frequently. 
This meant that what used to require one person to work tirelessly for days to produce a garment could now happen in an hour, and what used to require a horse to travel for days to reach the next village could now happen in three hours. The skills that keep people's families fed were growing obsolete, as a factory that produced whatever one soul used to produce could reach villages with an abundance of product in record time. By 1770, this was becoming even more prominent and beginning to include more industries. Because less time and effort were required to produce goods that were cheaper coming out of factories. In farming too, the new use of technology eliminated the need for as many people to complete the work. People no longer needed to farm for themselves, selling whatever was left over to their villages. The rise of machines, as material became cheaper to produce, with metal and steel instead of wood, meant that what used to rely on a human to slowly and delicately produce, create, distribute or harvest, was replaced by machines and distributed across countries. The lives people had known had changed, and the jobs they relied on were slinking out of existence. Professions did not necessarily change. Farming, for example, was still an occupation, but the jobs involved in the profession were different. Many people were left in disarray because the world they had known and relied on to survive was changing and they did not know how to change with it. Globalization had begun. It was not the globalization we experience today, but the world was made smaller due to machine-powered transport, distribution and production. Local, small-scale businesses suffered further as development increased and improved. Trade was quicker and easier. Information and cultures were spreading and merging. Life for the masses was in economic and social upheaval, where job loss meant poverty and starvation for landless workers, whilst industrialization progressed in a rapid and unguided fashion. Over time, with the spread of new technologies and more inventions and combinations of inventions, the world became increasingly industrialized. Capitalism and libertarianism ruled, and the rich continued to get richer, while the poor became poorer. Factory jobs may have been in excess, but pay was terrible. It was because it could be. There really was not much alternative, so those who had jobs had to choose between terrible conditions where they barely got paid or have no job at all. No job at all was not an option, as the revolution meant that the only way to get food was through money, and the only way to get money was to work. Gone was a time when people could grow their own food. They simply did not have the land, the means, and even the skills they once had were lost and overrun by menial factory work. As you can imagine, this saw a rise in populist, alternative movements, extreme solutions, and parties who can rally the downtrodden in hope to change their lives. Fascism, Nazism, Communism, and even war all seemed like better alternatives to the lives most people were living. This is what is known to Richard Baldwin as backlash to the prevailing upheaval brought on by the transformation. It is people taking a stand against the lives that were shoved on them that they never asked for, did not want, and felt as if they had no control over. In Britain, the early backlash was seen via the Luddites and the implementation of the Corn Laws, whereas the more major backlash was later seen in the form of fascism, communism, and New Deal capitalism. In post-World War II Europe, America, and part of Asia, 
when neither fascism, communism, Nazism, nor war had solved anything for anyone. It was back on the capitalist, libertarian, ruling parties to make things better for their citizens. Slowly but surely, laws and policies were introduced, and means were taken to ensure that working conditions were better. The state protected its citizens, and minimum wages were acceptable. The world became better for most first world countries, who were ready and able to ensure that the rich getting richer did not also mean that the poor getting poorer. This time of stability is what Boltman calls resolution, as illustrated by the 30 glory years, 1940 to 1970, initiated by Franklin D. Roosevelt's New Deal capitalism. With the introduction of the personal computer, the internet, and all the wonderful little tools that allowed us to use these to work, connect with others, and close even more gaps that offices, cities, countries, and even continents created, we experienced a new kind of revolution. A technological revolution. A services transformation. Digitization made it so we never had to be in the same place to meet with someone or exchange services. It made it so we were less reliant on physical proximity to not only trade, as the previous transformation had ensured, but to exchange knowledge, expertise, and professional services. It also made it so previously manual tasks were automated through digitization. As we became less reliant on paper, data capturing, storing, and sorting, robots could perform the manual tasks that previously relied on humans, mostly in factories, and those with access started to live and function largely in an online space. Then we experienced another change. A change that would, as all transformations do, feed off the developments, creations, and changes that the previous transformation set in place. This change would begin what we call the smart technology era, and it began in the 2010s. While we might think that the fourth transformation is just part of the third transformation, we would be mistaken. There are several reasons for this, but the main one is that while digital technology certainly transformed the world, smart technology transforms it in tremendously different ways. We are talking about a difference between progressive developments and improvements and total disruption. A new form of globalization via telemigrants and AI-driven automation via machine learning-based applications and robotic process automation acting as white-collar robots are coming for the same white-collar jobs at the same time. The industrial revolution automated manual work and the information revolution did the same for mental or intellectual work. But AI via machine learning automates automation itself. The ability for machines to automate decision-making and not just be told or programmed to follow a set of rules is an incredible feat for humanity and has completely changed the game. We no longer need the long hours, manpower and physical structures we once needed to do anything from running a business to curing a disease to providing services to citizens. The way we think about money, work, law, trade and services is likely going to be made redundant by disruption. Callum Chase calls this a singularity, which is a state where the laws and rules of reality no longer apply or at least completely changes the rules that we are used to. It is not mere progress or incremental improvements and not just for one industry. We will need to reimagine all over again how we live, what work we do, and all the centralized institutions and accepted processes and industries that we are used to. More on this later. For now, 
Let us focus on why and how the smart technology era is separate from the revolution that computers and the internet gave us. The smart technology era. Although machine intelligence has been with us for many decades, it has only over the last decade or so begun to erupt in all parts of society, causing mass effect and a significant transformation because of harnessing not only an abundance of data, but also the speed, scope and processing power that computing technology enables. Scope speaks to the fact that any development can be used and duplicated around the world faster than ever also as a result of speed and processing power. This speaks to the impact that a system developed for seamless virtual banking, for example, can be used in a government on the other side of the world. This means that AI is disrupting almost every industry and every country. Speed has to do with the fact that the amount of time it used to take to teach or program a system is significantly faster due to non-reliance on humans throughout the process. Once a machine learning model has been sufficiently trained, it can be deployed and then executed without human intervention to automate classification, prediction, optimization and decision-making tasks. This allows the humans to work with the outputs and insights produced by such an AI-driven system and focus more on the other human-centric tasks such as sales, marketing and business strategies. Processing power being as exceptional as it is and cloud technology replacing on-premises hardware at scale means that highly complex algorithms can work at record speed across the world and from what we have seen with scope can then be used in so many ways and for different needs. What this means is that technology is smarter than ever, learning faster than ever, changing faster than ever and traveling across the world and industries faster than ever. This is the smart technology era. The dramatic growth in capability of AI, machine learning, IoT, robotics, drone technology, nanotechnology, quantum computing, advanced internet, biotechnology, blockchain, cryptocurrency and 3D printing are all coming together and literally changing the world as we know it before our eyes. Our access to knowledge is unlimited, thanks to the previous transformation. Our access to work and learn across borders without traveling there is unlimited due to the previous transformation. And all we really need to access these wonders and offerings of the smart technology era is a smartphone and Wi-Fi. One thing that is as clear in this transformation as in the others is that access is unequal and so the effects are unequal. In our already unequal world, this is something that should scare us. However, due to all these technologies and their immense capabilities, we have ways to leapfrog socio-economic development and provide people with equal access to services, knowledge and basic rights that were never available or possible to us before. Speed, scope and processing power mean that we really can change the whole world and we can change it quickly. We just must know how. We must ask the right questions, focus on inclusive solutions and prioritize equal opportunity and fairness in our thinking. We do not yet know just how it will unfold. This is only the beginning. But we do know how the previous transformations affected the world, politics, economics, societies, industries and individual lives. And in this we can learn what not to do.
Only we must do this quickly, because as we have discovered, this transformation is happening with a speed that we could never have imagined in the past. What is clear to us is that our response to the smart technology era must be integrated and comprehensive, involving all stakeholders of global polity, from the public and private sectors to academia and civil society. The World Economic Forum's Klaus Swap has been warning us about these changes and their disruption to our very existence for some time. The changes are so profound that from the perspective of human history, there has never been a time of greater promise or potential peril. My concern, however, is that decision makers are too often caught in traditional, linear and non-disruptive thinking, or too absorbed by immediate concerns to think strategically about the forces of disruption and innovation shaping our future. Already, artificial intelligence is all around us, from self-driving cars and drones to virtual assistants and software that translate or invest. Impressive progress has been made in AI in recent years, driven by exponential increases in computing power and by the availability of vast amounts of data, from software used to discover new drugs to algorithms used to predict our cultural interests. Digital fabrication technologies are interacting with the biological world daily. Engineers, designers and architects are combining computational design, additive manufacturing, materials engineering and synthetic biology to pioneer a symbiosis between microorganisms, our bodies, the products we consume and even the buildings we inhabit. The future is happening around us and we must rise to the challenge to meet it and thrive in the new industrial revolution. How do we do this? Firstly, we must be empowered with relevant knowledge and have a realistic view of reality. Secondly, we need a framework, guidelines and active steps we can take to positively use and adopt smart technology in businesses and governments. There is no one-size-fits-all solution. That is why it is so important for each of us to be realistic about where we are. Governments in Africa have quite different issues to address and are at a different starting point from governments in Western Europe. The same is true for all companies and industries. The possibilities of billions of people connected by mobile devices with unprecedented processing power, storage capacity and access to knowledge are unlimited. The possibilities of smart technology and globalization to remove our reliance on physical structures to have access to work, medicine, investments, money, education, professional services, food and goods are indescribable. This means that it is not only those in established cities who can benefit from this transformation, it is everyone. The exponential increases in computing power, the borderless environment of knowledge, the fusion of blockchain, IoT, AI, nanotechnology and robotics and the availability of huge amounts of data have allowed us to perform surgeries without relying on surgeons, discover new drugs, predict behaviors and uncover corruption.